If you love tossing dice, making notes on your character sheet, and you may or may not have tried to bribe your game master, maybe this is a podcast for you. You're listening to Sounds Like Row, an RPG podcast. And now, let's begin. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this 11th episode of Sounds Like Roll. This is Dread speaking, and today we will take a, a look at the... Um, Uh, some classic RPG tropes that y you can find. Tropes like T-R-O-P-E-S, not, not, not like military troops. <laughs> uh, things that are very common places. Like, I don't know if common places is an expression in English. Li like things that are repeated all over again too many times and you get tired of, of them. Well, in RPG you don't get tired because you don't think that those these things that I will mention are tropes. But yeah, and the influence of RPG in the in the media. Not in the media like in, in, in TV channels and stuff, but in, in popular culture, right? Like in movies, in TV series, in video games, etc. 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 Um so yeah, and actually this whole episode I think is is kind of a game of what's what's first, the egg of the, or the chicken, because Sometimes media, or I don't know how to, to mention it, media or popular culture or entertainment industry, if, if that, did, that, that thing, this thing motivates these repeated uh, topics in RPGs, or maybe the writers that write all of that entertainment stuff use RPG tropes in media. Um, and that came out because... That idea, because something that I said in the last episode about the MCU producers being inspired by RPGs, so that's a thing actually. Uh, because uh, let, let, let's be honest here: in RPGs, there are a lot of, uh, as I said, common places like repeated scenarios. Uh, like for example, the party concept is always the same in almost every single RPG, but th those things are actually are like, like that also in movies for example right so what's first you know what i mean okay so let's start I, I, in this episode what I, i will say it's a lot of examples of things that were inspired by rpgs and also repeated topics inside rpgs that if you're an rpg player you will you will identify these things okay so well let, let's start with sample with sample with something easy <laughs> I don't know if you, how old are you that are listening listening to me, but I don't know if you remember these. Um, oops, I forgot the name. Ah, Dungeons and Dragons. This TV series, car this TV cartoon called Dungeons and Dragons. It was actually D Dungeons and Dragons D and D literally. It, it has like the trademark, and it was aired in the 80s, and I was born in the 80s. But yeah, actually the. the Well, th those programs usually get repeated in different decades, so it's not like I saw that TV show when it was first aired, but yeah, you know what I mean, right? Right. Um, well, and actually, that, 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 that TV series, the, those cartoons were kind of a, a big project, actually. I, I think, I think, I'm not sure, but I think that Dungeons and Dragons, the, this cartoon, this TV series, was the uh, first uh, product made direct, directly from RPGs. Not, not an RPG made from a TV show. 
if you I think you understand me right um and why it was a big project? Well, it involved several companies. Like, obviously, the first one was the DSR, like the, the publishers at that time of Dungeons and & Dragons. And also, Marvel Studios participated on that. This is, like, decades before Disney bought them. So, it was, like, actual Marvel. With It was a very Marvel... Mar- <laughs> Marvel-y thing. <laughs> uh, also participated. Also, the, the, another company participated with the animation, and it was Toei Animation. Um, if you don't know what Toei Animation is, is the, the the company that created the animations for series like Dragon Ball, uh, Messenger Z, uh, Saint Seiya, Slam Dunk, uh, also um, Transformers. Not not only uh, Oriental stuff, also Occidental things, right? Um, so it was a kind of a big project. The, uh, I, I think that for the time, the, that show was pretty cool. It was very, very fun to watch. If you air that now, it, it looks outdated, of course, but it was fun. Um, it was about a bunch of kids, like if you don't, you know, didn't saw it, saw it um, that were trapped in the, um, in the Dungeons and Dragons world. There was a bunch of kids in the current era or in the 80s era, and uh, if I remember right, this um, they were in a in a attraction par- attractions park, and they ra- rode ride um, a roller coaster a roller coaster, and it has this weird portal, I think, and they were trapped inside this this world. And in every single episode, they were trying to escape this world. And in every single episode, they almost escaped, but no. It was kind of a repetition nightmare of some sort. And in that world, each one of those kids were uh, a member of a classic Dungeons and Dragons party. Like, it was this guy with an arrow, with a bow and arrow. There was a, a kid that he was uh, like a wizard and and so on. If I don't remember... Uh, wrong. I think that the girl of the group was like the barbarian or, or, or warrior. It was a, a classic Dangerous and Dragons party. Party like a group. If you are not familiar with the terms used in the RPG world, party is not like a <laughs> something with music and, and shots and stuff. It's like a, the group, okay? Um, yeah, I, but the, the, bad, the bad thing about that show that is that it were, was cancelled, actually. So, actually, nobody knows how it ended, like, officially, because we know how it ended, because the script was, was leaked. <laughs> so, now we know that it has an unproduced ending, where the bad guy that, it, that he was called Venger, uh, okay, let, let, let's go back to the beginning. The bad guy was Venger, okay, and this guy was uh, like a uh, like an evil sorcerer, wizard, or something, and he wanted to steal the weapons or artifacts that those kids used in this Dungeons and Dragons world to be more powerful. I think I don't remember. I don't remember quite quite well actually. And the good guy that helped the characters was the Dungeon Master. And he was like an old, wise guy that helped them. And in that script that go- that went, like, leaked, and now we know what it says, it said like that the Venger actually was the son of the Dungeon Master. 
And I think that he kind of redeemed himself and let the, let the kids out or something. So, yeah, it wasn't like a super interesting and fun ending to this TV series. So it's not a big loss that the series was were canceled, actually. But, yeah, it, 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 will, it, would, have, it would have been interesting to, to see the, that ending. Yeah. Um, and about that, let, let's talk about that trope because, um, or some tropes, uh, because these are maybe like um, necessary. I think that the tropes on RPGs uh, are kind of necessary structures on, on them. But if you look at the big picture, like how the stories that emerge from RPG sessions turn turn out, we can call these things tropes. Like uh, you can say that these tropes are necessary, but also you can say that they exist only because people repeat them every time they play RPGs. So that's why I was talking about the egg or, or the chicken. Um, for example, let, let's talk about the, the, the one that I already mentioned, the, the party, the group of heroes. Um, actually, this started, like, officially, it's not like uh, some idea that I have. It's 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 like this. Um, the, the party concept in, in RPGs came from D&D, Dungeons & Dragons, because in the beginnings... It was about some special units in a war game. Um, in, in this war game, you had like a, a, a warrior that was pretty powerful, a wizard with some special powers. So every single special characters in this war game or, or kind of proto uh, role-playing game, uh, those characters were very spe specialized. So they together were this party. And, and actually, the, then the first edition of Dungeons and Dragons offered just um, these characters, these very specialized characters. So that concept came from came from war games. So that's why each character is so specialized in something because they were like special units in a board. In a bo board, how do you pronounce that? Pronunciate that board, I think. <laughs> um, so actually, how you played Dungeons and Dragons when it just came out. It was molded by that structure, structure of party of specialized units that you you played with, um, because the uh, those war games, each element of those war games were designed with strategic battles with miniatures in mind. So uh, I would say, like a, a conclusion or to, or to to wrap up is the, the expression to wrap up this idea. Uh, is that each character had a role in the battle, you know, battle with our miniatures. So that's why they were so specialized. Um, that lead us lead us to to how that trope, or maybe inherent characteristic of role playing games, or most of them, how that trope defined one of the most common things in tabletop role playing games, and that lead us to the second trope, or ramification or specification of this one that is the specialization of characters what make each character unique like the special capa capabilities of each character um, what each character can do you know what I mean like for example um, in other areas outside the role-playing game world like in movies or novels uh, each character differenti differentiates from each other uh, more because of their personalities 
or their backgrounds, or their relationships, or how they solve problems, etc. But in RPGs, it's what they can do, the actions that they can execute, right? How they fight, uh, what special powers they have, like in, in Dungeons and Dragons or any other game, or even some special abilities or special, special knowledge, like in Call of Cthulhu. Um, and I would say that, talking about that, about different games... I would say that maybe um, World of Darkness changed that a little, with, starting with Vampire the Masquerade and all the games that White Wolf uh, published, because um, they were the, the difference in between characters were more about like political or organizational groups, like the clans, the tribes, the seemings, the traditions in each game, uh, because each one of those characters in those games have special powers, of course, uh, but that were not that important in, in the narrative of the game. Uh, because um, the game books, the, the rule books of those games, put a lot of relevance on differentiation of characters based on personalities or how they work as closed groups. Like if you talk about Vampire the Masquerade, how the, I don't know, the Tremere... It work together in a political point of view against other clans, for example. Not like races, for if you know what I mean, right? So, um, and I, and going even further than that, like further than World of Darkness in comparison with classic role-playing games or Dungeons and Dragons, we can see some experiments with indie games that don't have this kind of stereotypical differences between characters, like, at all. Or at least, I would say, much less, right? Like, in, in, in Goblin Quest, like, everyone in the party is a goblin, and that's all. Uh, Fiasco is more <clears throat> um, about the, the game the game session, how it develops. Uh, fate, the fate system, and I would say also cult, in a way. Because in cults, everyone are just humans, and maybe they just have different professions, but in the game, it's not relevant at all. Like, even in Cthulhu, Call of Cthulhu, it has some relevance sometimes, the, the, the special abilities of the characters, but in cults, you are just a plain, straightforward, common, ordinary human, and that's all. And within the game, with the progression of the campaign, you your character go more specialized in something, but it is more realistic in that way. Like, you don't have any type of class. Like, they talk about these archetypes, but it's more uh, in a narrative way. Like, how do you interpret your character? And that's all. Um, yeah, I kind of like a lot cult. <laughs> um, and actually, I would say that about this thing, why it exists... I think that probably this specialization thing is popular because I would say that it's an easy way to feel that your character is unique. And I think that's the key. Because we as human beings love to feel unique. And the more unique, the better. And if you can be absolutely unique in your group right at the beginning... It's cool. It's, it feels nice. So that's why I think this specialization paradigm in role-playing games between characters with classes, races, traditions, or whatever, exists. 
because it's, it's it feels fine. It feels it feels good playing that way. I would say. Um, well, let, let's continue with more more <laughs> more content of this episode. Um, like going forward to to influence of RPG in in the in the media in the entertainment industry. Um, like we were talking about the D D cartoons, but do you remember the D D movies? Movies, like in plural, because it were were more than one <laughs> that I I knew about that like years after they were released. Because yeah, it's like the the sequ sequels of Donnie Darko. No, just a few people know that those exist. <laughs> I I haven't even seen these sequels of D and D. They were so bad. <laughs> But well, I would say that at least you get entertained for a while while with watching that movie. But it was not a super good movie. Like, I don't know. I, I would say that it, it were more fun or a better movie than, I don't know, Suicide Squad, of course. But it wasn't a super good movie. Um, I would put it like equivalent in the same level, for, for at least for at least for my taste, taste as World of Warcraft. <laughs> it was like fine to watch, but that's all. You, you forget the movie after a few days. Um... But there was uh, other movies. Um, for example, Conan is an incredible RPG movie, I would say. Because, come on, it's like imagining a role-playing game session of Dungeons and Dragons. Um, think one of the most role-playing RPG thingies about the, that movie. I think that is how each party member starts joining the group. How the group get together during the movie? How is that process? That's a that's a perfect D and D session. Like imagine a classic D and D game right after the character creation process. For example, each character has a, a unique um, uh, background, uh, is from a very clear class, and uh, the game starts with the first. Um, it's like I would say implicit mission in like I'm quoting air quoting right now where the players voluntarily and without saying it um, have to find a way to meet each other I don't know if that situation is is known to you like you start the game and with other the other players like kind of cooperate with the game and start trying to 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 see how you meet each other that's when the game master doesn't Don't start with like, okay, you are in, in a tavern, like sitting in the same table because of reasons, <laughs> like, right? You know what, I, what I'm saying. Um, so remember the movie, how it went, because, or like how each character appears like sequentially and they end up as a classic party. Well, like, I would say like, I'm not a Conan lore specialist, actually. But I'm almost sure that that story is very influenced by role-playing games, I would say. Like, I mean, th this is a hunch, actually, because I know that Conan is way older than, for example, Dragonlance, that many people say that, that are one of the most influential, literally, liter literary, literary influences in fantasy role-playing games. But I'm almost sure that the movie's script are modern. I think that that's why I'm not sure about that. So I don't know. Do you know something about it? Because I think that that this is a very interesting topic, actually. 
So I, I would like to ask you to send me a message if you have some more information about it and I could recap it, it in the next episode, I think. But I think that the script of the movie is more modern than the books, original books that are from the 40s or 30s, I think. So yeah, it's a hunch. I think that the movie is very influenced by a classic Dungeons Dragons game. <laughs> um, but what about modern fantasy? Like, you know, <laughs> I think you already know what I'm going to start talking about right now. World World of Darkness, um, starting with Vampire the Masquerade, of course, because it has a lot, and I mean it, a lot of influence in the media. A lot. And I'm not talking just about the that super awesome and su successful TV series that everybody everybody loved called Kindred the Embrace, or known as Vampire the Masquerade TV series. <laughs> like, come on, vampires walking in the sun with upbeat hard rock music with beach scenes, super cool, right? No? Okay, okay, it wasn't that good, but anyway. Uh, so let's take a look at some examples of the influence of the actual influence of World of Darkness because it had a lot of influence in the popular culture actually. Because I would say that I will st I, I will start with uh, one of the most famous modern fantasy movie franchises or one. Uh, that is part of the group of the famous franchises. 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 Franchises, I think that you said. Uh, help me with that pronunciation, please. <laughs> um, I remember myself talking to some friends in an informal role-playing gamers group outside an RPG store somewhere downtown many, 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 many years ago. <laughs> like, a lot of years ago. Like, maybe 20 years ago. And suddenly, some guy, some some guy of the group, says something like, "Hey guys, did you know that there's a World of Darkness movie coming out? Like an actual World of Darkness movie?" So we were like, "What? Really? That sounds awesome!" And he continued, "Like, like yes, and it's about vampires versus werewolves. I saw a trailer, and there are vampires using disciplines, werewolves in crin in crinos forms. It looks awesome." And some weeks later, we read in the news, in the internet, that White Wolf was suing the production company behind Underworld. Yes, Underworld, for copying its lore. Um, because it's not only inspired in... I mean, it's the same look and feel, it's the same lore, it's the same world. But I think that at the end, they came to some sort of agreement or something, and the this sue, legal sue was stopped or something like that. I don't know if they came to an agreement, a monetary agreement or something, but it was dropped. Um, I think that maybe Underworld was on an involuntary, super effective advertising campaign for White Wolf, so they were fine with it. I, I would say like, it's, it's like that. It's like that... It, I would talk about a different thing right now, but it's the same case than the second album of Rammstein with the song Sensucht. No, no, not Sensucht. Uh, Tia. Because it was kind of copied from... Uh, oh, oops, I forgot the name of the other band. Um, the the Krups. The song were actually... The, the, the melody was from the, the, the band The Krups. That is an awesome band. Um, and they sue Rammstein 
But yeah, it was a lot of advertising for, for them. So the only the agreement was that uh, Rammstein in the in the booklet of the album in this CD box thing, it was written. Uh, it said that it was written by T. Lindemann or Rammstein band members or something. And the I don't remember the, the name of the the composer of the song from the groups. So I think that it's kind of the same scenario. Like for White Wolf, they they wouldn't stop the production of Underworld because it was a lot of free <laughs> advertising. So yeah, it was it, that zoo existed, but it was dropped because why not? <laughs> uh, but there's more. Like, <laughs> do you know these novels called the Southern Vampire Mysteries, also known as the True Blood novels? <laughs> like, well, I, I never read them actually, but they started. After 2000. Um, but I saw the, the True Blood, the TV series version. <laughs> it's a so good TV series. I loved the series. It was so, so sad that they canceled that. Um, because, well, that's also super Wall of Darkness. Like, the vampire organization is basically the same, with only slight differences of, in the name of the titles of the vampires. Uh, even the, the generation concept is also the same. Um, I don't know, the, the feud between different supernatural beings or even the tribal essences of werewolves are the same <laughs> as World of Darkness. I mean, I think that it will be naive to think that every everything were just a series of exact coincidences, right? Um, and I, I think that that's fine. And yeah, I, I will make like a personal statement about that at the end of the episode, I think, yeah. I, I will think about it as I as I keep talking. Um, so next influence, um, the Blade, Blade, the Blade movies, also were heavily heavily influenced by Vampire the Masquerade. I think the Vampire the Masquerade setting, also like for example, they had complex vampire politics, secret secret societies, and these mystical sects. And also, there was even a TV series during 2006 that had like a ripoff of Vampire the Masquerade Clans. It was the same concept with different names, but they were like VTM clans, right? It was the same. Uh, what else? This is a TV series that a friend of mine told me to watch because it was World of Darkness and it's Shadow Hunters. <laughs> like, that's an almost exact ripoff of World of Darkness. Like, Shameless. Actually, the the author of the the books were were in a, was in a controversy because people say that she just plain copied or not World of Darkness, but Buffy the Vampire Slayer. But come on, like vampires, werewolves, mages, ghosts, and even Fae in the same room. That's totally <laughs> World of Darkness. Actually, is the World of Darkness premise itself? And I was looking in forums to see what what people was saying about that, and some people say that World of Darkness was inspired by Buffy, but I was looking at the dates of the release of the show and the books of Vampire the Masquerade, and Vampire the Masquerade came like more than a year before Buffy the Vampire Slayer, so it wasn't like that. And Vampire the the, the Vampire. Uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, I would say that is not that influenced by World of Darkness. I mean, yes, in, in a few seasons after the first one, yeah, it was kind of 
had some influence, but it was not, not a copy. It wasn't like Shadow Hunters, that is basically the same thing. <laughs> um, okay, so let, let's, get, let's get moving. And I have also, also I have a note here. Um, ah, the, yeah, of course, the MCU. It, it, this, this is because the what I said in the last episode. Uh, the producers, producers of MCU uh, actually learned from tabletop role-playing games as as we talked about in the last episode. Like, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm here, I'm talking about the RPGs in general, not, not more about World of Darkness. Um, they explicitly say that they learn how to create worlds and tell stories playing tabletop role-playing games. So the Marvel Cinematic Universe, the MCU, was created by a couple of guys that learned their thing playing role-playing games. And you can see the, the characters in the um, in in the the Avengers War is a DD party or an RPG party. It's the same structure, like with specializations and things and things. And yeah, it, it is based actually in the comics, but in the comics all always these series are stories with like 20, 30 characters, not like five uh, a group of five adventures. <laughs> so it I think that that concept of very few characters is so RPG. <laughs> um, and all, not only in, in TV or movies, also in, in fantasy literature. Like many people say that current fantasy literature and role-playing games based literature are based in Dragonlance. The first, I think it's the first famous novel saga created around the Dungeons and Dragons universe. Uh, although... D&D is based on the Lords of the Rings saga. So, again, the egg or the chicken. As <laughs> I recall, I remember um, how Louis C.K. put that. Like, of course, it's the egg. And yes, then someone come out and said, well, but uh, where the eggs come from? And well, from the chicken, you idiot. <laughs> but no, yes, talking serious. From some point of view... All the role-playing games universe right now, the RPG scene, the RPG reality right now, according to how the history was developed, exists thanks to Tolkien. Tolkien? Tolkien. Tolkien. Oh, Tolkien. How do you pronounce it? Tolkien. 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 I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, Yeah, but at least in relation with the modern fantasy literature, we could say that Dragonlance is one of the most influential sagas. Uh, there are so yeah um well but the good news here because it seems like i have been talking about plagiarisms and copies and stuff but it's not like that so i would like to say um two three three things about this uh, because there's a lot of lore from different fantasy worlds to get inspiration from and that's a good thing as a role-playing game player or game master or player in general like actually while i was looking for information about shadow hunters and i even i i even saw a couple of episodes actually to remember how it was i saw some people in forums commenting that they were using world of darkness rules to play homebrew games of shadow hunters so yeah all of this dynamic in this entertainment industry as a whole is like a fertile ground for more creativity and more stuff to grab and have fun. Uh, like RPG worlds 
are like a modular set of worlds in and fiction types. Like if you are, for example, a fan fiction writer, in in RPG settings, you have like tons of material of any kind you could think of. That's I think that my it's, it's like another idea. So it's two ideas, and I would go for the third that it will. I I would say that the dynamics of playing an RPG um, is like a, a stories and settings creation machine. Like the dynamic of role-playing games is a fertile ground for stuff. Like not necessarily the, the stories that the GM prepares, that that's because that's just the starting point. You see, when you play an RPG the story that actually happens inside the game is created and decided by the group as a whole. Like, every character has a different author, you see? And all the stories, plot, the story's plot lines are a group effort. The game master just has a story as, as a starting point. So just by playing RPGs, you are inside a dynamic where new stories are constantly creating. Like, uh, complete new stories. Uh, if, if you like to write stuff, for example, just by, by playing, you get material for uh, characters, for scenes, um, for, I don't know, different outcomes for different problems, uh, inspiration for relations between characters, and everything is unique because it's the, the result of the combination of the creativity of the whole group. And that's something really interesting and a very good source of material. So, um, yeah, I think that... Let, let me tell you something. This is more a personal thing. This is the thing that I mentioned, I anticipated at the beginning of this episode because I knew that I will, were going to get inspired by, by this. Because, well, if you look for, for example, for these discussions about this stuff in internet, you will see, like, thousands of discussions about it like some people hate it some people love it all of this phenomena um but me personally i'm more inclined to think that all of this is good if it motivates more people to produce more content like if there's some stat not, not study uh publisher that i don't know rip rip off shamelessly let's say cult and makes a TV series about a reality ripping apart, showing like an infernal truth, truth behind everything. I would say, like, please make plagiarisms, plagiarisms of everything because we got more things to enjoy. And I mean, today we live in a world where everything came came to light at, at some point. You can't hide a plagiarism. Um, in today's world, I'd say that it's absolutely impossible to copy something, make it famous, and not ending up being exposed as a copyist, as a copier. I don't know how to say it. Uh, so I, I'd not be worried about plagiarism nowadays as a bad thing, less, like somebody will steal my success, right? Because people will get to know that you were the original author at the end. Uh, like, th think about this. Let's see. Um, let's say that you are a writer. You write a super creative and awesome novel, okay? And someone copies it and makes, I don't know, a movie. But then 
the internet people <laughs> do their thing and suddenly there's tons of viral YouTube videos saying the truth behind this movie. Then, ta-da, free advertising for you. And, ta-da, more fun stuff to watch. Like, for example, I, I think, I personally think, because I don't know, but I feel that Shadowhunters is a ripoff of World of Darkness. I, I think that. I, I don't have any uh, evidence to, for, to support my, my claim. Uh, but if I watch the series and I enjoy it, it's fine for me. It's more material to have fun, <laughs> right? So I think that one of the areas that human history, there is in, in the human history that should have complete shameless freedom is entertainment. And I know content creators should have like a return of their investment in time or money or anything, right? I, I, I totally agree with that. But at the same time, I think that some types of copyright systems are completely out of date. So you cannot base all of your opinions of how the systems work now. Like, for example, the, the YouTube almost absolute blockage of music in videos or demonetization of videos because they use music. Like, I don't know, they, they should create a system where they use the technology they already have to detect that to at least just identify those uses of material and maybe just, I don't know, share the ad incomes or something. But I don't know an expert, so, you know, who knows? But I think that technologically you could solve those problems and not only just prohibit everything. Uh, because, I don't know, these are all just opinions from a mere mortal, okay? So, I'm sorry, I, I think that I talked a lot of my personal opinions, but I think it's like that. You, you, you should have freedom to create whatever you want, and if you copy something because of how the world, world works right now, you are making free advertising for the original creators, so they are already getting paid for your stuff. So, I don't know how to solve it, because... but. but I think that the entertainment industry should have a lot of more freedom. And if you see something that it's obviously a copy of other thing, it's fine. I mean, that, that the original thing doesn't get damaged because of that. Maybe there are some speci specific situations where you should avoid that, that I cannot think of about one right now, but probably there is. Um, but I don't know. Those are just opinions. I'm not an expert in the area. I'm not a leg legal advisor about copywriting and stuff, but that's what I feel. So if you feel the same, that would be cool. If not, it will be interesting to talk about it. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that was it. Okay, that, that was the episode of today. I I, uh, I found, in I was researching to do this episode, and I found like thousands of references, everything, but... 99% were opinions, just like this one. So, yeah. Um, okay, so let's let's leave the, the episode until this point because it's, this is an infinite subject. So if you like this subject, if you find it interesting, send me a comment and message or something. Maybe I think that I could make a, a Reddit post about it in the RPGs subreddit because I made one about the, how to be a good RPG player and it was a very interesting conversation so if this subject of this topic about this episode you think is interesting tell me and let's start a, a post in reddit to discuss it, discuss it because I think it's very interesting yeah 
So we're getting to the end of the this episode of this post podcast. So I would like to ask you to not ask you, but recommend you to subscribe in any platform you use, being it Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, or it's not iTunes, it's uh, Apple Podcast, but but I think you can access you can access from iTunes. And if you uh, you if you use a platform that 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 is not supported yet, no, not supported, but that you can't find sounds like roll in that platform, send me a message and I will try my best to include the podcast in that platform, okay? And remember to follow the show and me in social media. In Facebook, you can find the show as Sounds Like Roll. In Instagram, you can find me as roll for dread In Twitter, like Dreadstein. In Telegram, you can join the group at Sounds Like Roll Chat. And if you... Uh, okay, I, I will ask you to do something. <laughs> I think it's, it's not a bad thing. I'm sorry if I'm being impertinent, but I think it's not that bad. If you think that one of the episodes is interesting, or you like it more than the others, or you think this episode was fun, uh, share it. Share it in your Facebook wall or somewhere with your friends to spread the world about this podcast. So to see if we can get more 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 public more audience more people in the group okay so yeah share it it will be it will be very fun very fun it would be very nice if you share it okay and remember that i have also a patreon account for this show uh where you can get like from early access to the episodes to join me where while i'm write, writing the next episode and stuff like that so It will be like a huge support for the, for the podcast. Podcast is if you get interested in being a patron. And the next episode, I will be talking about the what I, we could name the social contract behind the role playing game sessions, like being nice at the table, because there is kind of a, a kind of agreement between the players and with the game master that is not written anywhere. But there's a lot of things that happens that you don't notice, but it's always the same. And I'm copying <laughs> the, the concept social contact uh, contract um, because I saw a video from this guy. Um, Sev, I always forget the, the last name. Um, ah, Sev Skorsky, Skorskovsky, something like that. He's a, this guy that has a, a super interesting YouTube channel about RPGs. I, I will put the link if you ask for it in, in the comments in, in Facebook or somewhere. And he was talking in a, in a video of him about the social contract. So I will watch that video again to, to see if I can get a new idea. I will copy something from him. Yes. <laughs> no, but just the, the name of it. Uh, well, okay, so I hope that you enjoyed this episode. This is Dread speaking, and you've been listening to Sounds Like Roll, an RPG podcast. Until next time. Bye, guys. <laughs>